Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant. Joining me is my permanent guest, Cammie. Hello, Cammie. Hello, Bryant. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's, you know, it's still the end of the world, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're here with Mystery. This is a podcast that Cammie and I came up with, coming up on a year now, almost. A couple, like two months away, right? We Yeah, September will make it a year, I think. I think it's the end of August, actually. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think at least we started recording in August because That's we didn't true. put it up immediately. Yeah. That's true. And uh, if you're just joining us, this is a podcast that likes to uh, find myths and relevant stories, history, what have you. And we want to present a little bit of that story to you and then kind of talk about the history or the facts behind that. So uh, today we have a really cool myth. We've touched a lot of Greek and a good amount of Norse mythology but this is sort of a uh, a nice branch that we're getting into. Do you see what I did there, Cammy? <laughs> a branch of the world tree. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah. We're going to talk about um, I, specifically Yggdrasil, the Norse uh, and, and, and Germanic. I mean, it, it goes a lot. We'll talk about that too. But um, more commonly associated with Norse mythology. But it's also going to touch into some of the other mythologies. Uh, it, the world tree is what we call a mytheme. Um, not a myth meme, but a mytheme, <laughs> which is sort of like a relevant theme across different religions and mythologies. So, Cami, why don't you start us up with your tale? Sure. I... I'm talking a little bit about the the Norse, like Bryant said, and then I'm also going into the uh, Slavic tales as well. Awesome. I used the uh, prose and poetic Eddas for the North stu- Norse stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there's not a primary source for the Slavic stuff. Sure, yeah. So I used cs.mcgill.ca, which is McGill University's um, website, uh, and it was just titled Slavic World Tree, and then rodnovery.ru, Slavic Pagan World, and it's by Gary Green. Um, So he did like a compilation of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Which actually, if anybody can look, if anybody's interested in Slavic stuff, that is a really nice like PDF format of just a lot of information on um, Slavic myths. So if if you're interested and you know can't find a primary source because it doesn't exist, then I would definitely go there. Yeah. So according to Norse mythology, the great ash Yggdrasil is the most sacred place to the gods. The towering branches make their way to heaven, even surpassing it. The entire world lies beneath their canopy. The ash has three tap roots. One reaches the... How did we say... The, how did you tell me to say this? Asir? Acer. Or Acer, yeah. Yeah. One re, yeah, so one reaches the Acer, 
one reaches the Frost Giants, and the third Niflheim. Below its roots, supplying the nourishment of water on, this is under the Aesir, Hugelner um, mm-hmm. exists, so that's a spring. And Nidhug, the terrible serpent, eats at the root from the spring. Mimir, the well of knowledge, feeds a second root from the land of the frost giants. Even Odin did not get to partake in this pleasure without sacrifice. He left his eye as a token to the well. And the third root is nourished through the heavenly fountain of Erd. Which I looked a little bit to Erd, and it's sort of represents the past. So it's it's fed by... Yes. Yeah. The past. Yeah. yeah. I'll be talking about that too soon. Good. Because apparently I just stopped there and didn't <laughs> go any further. All right. So on to the Slavic stuff. In the Slavic world, the great tree was an oak. While there are no real direct sources like the Prosetta for the world tree, we did see a mo- the motif again and again in Slavic art. <clears throat> the tree existed in three parts, just like in Norse mythology. The canopy of the tree was the sky where the heavens and the gods existed. The trunk was the earth, where the humans lived. The roots were the underworld. Unlike how the Christian world represents the world below, Slavs believed the underworld to be a lush green place. It was always spring there. There's a bit of a creation story that explains how the Slavs saw their world in relation to the heavens and the underworld. And it does go a little bit into the tree, too, so I decided to put this in there. Essentially, God... God and his shadow existed. So did the world tree and the sea, but nothing else. At the bottom of the sea, there was sand. God wanted to create land so he could have a place to sit with, the, with his only other being a shadow. In some stories, the devil is the shadow of God. So this was like later Christian stories. So God sends his shadow to the bottom of the sea to find the sand. The shadow finds the sand and returns to the surface and hands it to God. God then sprinkles the sand about them and creates the earth. After this, both slept, but the shadow had very little room, so he pushed God off the land. Instead of falling falling into the water, God made more land as he rolled. When he awoke, he realized what his shadow had done. This made God angry, and he walked away from a shadow. Everywhere he stepped, there was more land. The shadow became worried that the land would become too vast, so he pleaded with God, who made a cross upon the earth, creating the four directions and stopping the growth of the land. So that's the end of the story and pretty much the end of what I've written. Okay. But what, from what I read, so there was one idea of you know the canopy, heaven being like kind of, how we would see it like above yeah. earth, be- you know, earth below that. And then um, the underworld below that. Yeah. But there's also this idea that sort of earth and heaven exist on this plane and there's this vast ocean. And then beyond that is the underworld. So it's almost oh, cool. a flat place. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the whole universe is, is kind of flat or whatever. So those are the, those are the stories I have. What do you have, Bryant? <laughs> flat universe theory now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the earth is hollow and the universe is flat, apparently. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, that's that's really cool. So Yggdrasil is is cool. I, I, I have this like fun 
vague memory in my brain of I don't I think I was in middle school and I was scouring through Wikipedia and I think like Yggdrasil was sort of the beginning of it it was like my my Norse 101 I remember starting just starting to look into it all uh into Norse mythology and I I remember starting with Yggdrasil and so well that Wikipedia page has definitely been updated since then um and is much more reliable <laughs> um so, it was like yeah. four sentences. Before. I know, yeah, and like I think it said like Ben and Jerry's made. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so what's what's really cool? What I found out now about Yggdrasil that I didn't know uh, before this this podcast was that the name uh, Yggdrasil is really interesting. I, I didn't know the origin of the name, and what it is is. Um, uh, you know, Yggdrasil is spelled a little funky, like a lot of these words. It's Y-G-G-R-D-R-A-S-I-L. So, but it's a combination of two words. So Yggr, Y-G-G-R, is actually another name for Odin, who goes okay. by lots of different names. Um, but usually you'll see him as like Odin or Woden or Wotan. Um, But Yggr is another name for Odin. And Drasil, it... it essentially means horse. I, I've seen that it could also mean like step and things like that, but it essentially means horse. So in a way, it kind of means Odin's horse, but there's a lot on that there. Um, an important thing, connection with Odin and the tree, is that Odin hung himself from the tree. And I believe he was like speared too. It's it's very like Christ-like in a lot of ways. Wait, is that like at the end of the world or? No, this, this is just one of the things that happened. Odin. Okay. Odin wanted to gain uh, vast knowledge, and to do so, he he hung himself for several days, um, and uh, he also uh, sacrificed an eye. So a lot of self-punishment just to get some knowledge. Um, and so, the yeah, Yggdrasil is an ash tree, which has like a, a bit of there, – there's a lot there. Uh, one, one source I have kind of connects – Yggdrasil and ash trees in with the winter solstice and bringing in trees and things like that, which I do believe that is a Nordic thing. I didn't go too much into that. That's a, a, a mystery podcast on its own. But yes, Odin, it, it's sort of like Odin's tree. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot there. It's, it's very contested, the name, the meaning of the name, but there's a big connection there between Odin and the act of him hanging himself on the tree and the way we call it so like in a way even though it's called like drasil means horse or step it kind of means like the like the 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 transportation like odin's mobility and and it's sort of a metaphysical sort of mobility here so okay right and yggdrasil is very important because it connects the nine realms um i won't name them all but you kind of mentioned like <laughs> niflheim is one um midgard is our realm earth Asgard is where the Aesir reside, and it, it the 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 tree its roots connects all of the realms together, and it's very important because Yggdrasil it will be damaged during Ragnarok, but it is said it will it'll still be there, and it's going to be uh, one of the the ways that life kind of regrows. Which we've actually we talked about Ragnarok, and interestingly, I don't think we even really talked about uh, Yggdrasil in our episode. Um, there, I, I remember we no, talked we about. No, we didn't at all. 
Right. Yeah. And that's I, I remember, too, looking into my I focused you know, on Balder during that episode and, and he's going to survive and sort of be there. He's very like Christ like in a lot of ways, too. Um, but one cool thing is um, from the ash tree, there's a, there's like a, a part of it where these two beings, Asker and Embla, will be basically the first man woman to repopulate. So very Adam and Evie kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. with Yggdrasil being um, and if you go from Tree of Knowledge and you know think going on from there there's a lot of connections here uh, the references as you mentioned do come from the prose and poetic Edda which was written by Snorri Sturluson in medieval Europe and it, it's interesting because that's really it you know Norse mythology goes back to ancient times and it never was written down. You know, that's that's what the Latins and the Greeks really had ahead of everyone was they decided to start writing everything down and took they, – they really, like, cherished the chronicling of things. And that's why it's so well studied. Um, Norse mythology, which really extends to a huge area, uh, Slavic, as we mentioned, Germanic, Anglo-Saxon. It, it, it really – if you kind of like look at a map, look at Norway, and then just kind of go down, that's all these stories really encompass. And we've mentioned the Slavic peoples, and there are a lot of parallels between Slavic mythology and Norse mythology. But the Slavic area, like what you can kind of say is a mixture of the Balkans, but it kind of goes even further. Balkans, Russia, um, my Asia Minor, uh, tons of areas it, it were, were covered by these people, and – the Slavic peoples are just as diverse. There's today, there's um, uh, Islamic Slavic peoples. There's heavily Catholic, heavily Orthodox, and so on. But they all have these sort of roots. Again, I'm going to keep using that pun <laughs> into this the, the Slavic mythology. And I there's a really cool page on Slavic paganism, and I, we actually do plan on revisiting it. Um, there's some cool. Uh, beings and entities they they do have like a a sort of hierarchy it's it's very similar to norse mythology in a lot of ways um and we'll we'll be touching on that in some future episodes but yes they're they're they do hold the oak tree as a sacred tree i didn't see sadly as you mentioned if norse mythology has barely any sources slavic mythology has even less or fewer so it, it sucks because we don't even really have like a poetic or prosetta where someone in the 12th century who was Latinized, uh, educated wise, um, and was like, I should write this down. Sadly, it doesn't seem like much of that happened for the Slavic peoples. Although, uh, yeah, one thing I noticed is sure. the sources that did exist were Christian sources. Yeah. I, I don't know so if you ran. You don't know how much influence that had on what was actually written exactly yeah there, there's one book that i i didn't really use it but i found there's this book called the chronica slavorum which is chronicle of the slavs it was written by a anglo-saxon uh priest and historian in the uh 12th century and so who knows what his motive I, I didn't see anything of it i've just seen it um, but who knows what it's uh, going to be. But there's there's a few other sources, but they're all going to be in the medieval period. And so this is going to be the post sort of the beginnings of the Christianization of this area. So, yeah, it, it, we don't know. We don't know how much of Norse mythology like w- was influenced by Christianity when it was written down. And so the Slavic uh, 
paganism and mythology could have kind of gone under the same sort of thing. You know so, what's really interesting to me when sure. I was reading it? The idea, and we did an episode on Strigoi before, but that is so prevalent. And that came from kind of that area of the world and those people. And, yeah. but, but that's like one of the great myths that we have is the vampire. And that came from that area. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we don't have really anything else. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, so, yeah, like the world tree concept and, and just trees and religion. It, it we you know, we've talked about Yggdrasil and the oak tree for the Nordics, but it's very prominent. Um, what's cool is so like I talked about Asia Minor and the Anatolian Peninsula, and if you kind of go uh, further east into like Mongol, Siberian, Turkic areas, North Asia, it's very prevalent in those cultures too, and they had a big mix um, of their own sort of uh, paganism, I guess you could say. That was really so the Turkic peoples, especially before they sort of became Islamic and the Mongolians, the Mongols, they had uh, very like think like shamanistic, like there's Tengrinism and ancient religion uh, and a few other like religions and mythologies in this area. And they all really hold uh, trees in in a a specific trees, whether it's an oak or an ash in a really high light. and even uh, you could even trace it to Rome and Greek, um, especially with Greek. Um, I, I, is it the Moriai, the the uh, the olive tree, um, which is closely associated. Uh, yeah, that was a, a thing. Yeah. Yeah, Athena. It has close connections with Athena, and uh, in Roman mythology as well. Uh, there's sort of. Um, I was looking at. Let me see. They also, of course, believe that the olive tree is. Uh, important um ancient fig tree in the comitium at rome um uh, which has connections to the tree which romulus and ramus uh founded the empire and things like that so there are really cool connections there I, i'll mention before i forget too because you mentioned the time um the past uh and that's uh, a big thing for norse mythology because of the norns uh, which are the fates and they each represent the past, present, and future, which they are named after. And so the Norns uh, sit at the base of the trunk of Yggdrasil, and they sort of act as they, – they, as they control time in a way. I think it's more like that they – they're sort of like Hades where I think they get a bad rap, but really they're just making sure the wheels keep moving, you know? You know what it reminded me of? Yeah. The, like the triad of women that – weave your fate yeah yeah and absolutely. then they cut it off yeah, absolutely that's exactly what it reminded me of yeah no is I'm it women of, or it's men it is women it is specifically women is there like a crone and a maiden and a matron no i i i don't think they i i haven't looked at it too much like snowberry sterlson talks about them and like I said, I don't think that they're 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 powerful maiden. They're, I believe that they're they're Jotuns, they're giants. But of course, remember, giant here doesn't necessarily mean you're huge. It just means that you're of the race of giants. And so, they just have a connection, a, a mythological connection here, and and one represents the past, present, and future, and that's really it. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. I, I don't think that they can be essentially pleased or, or upset. Like I said, I think they just sort of make yeah, sure things go. Yeah, they don't try go. to change fate or you can't like make them change your fate. It, it just 
happens the way right. it's supposed to, I guess. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool. I, I it's it's nice. Like, I, I, if you yeah, think of Hercules and the the fates cutting and sharing that eye, that like they they all have this sort of they're they're very evil almost, you know. But here they're just maidens, just giant. Jotun maidens that are just making sure things go. And Yggdrasil is, is a really complicated place too. There's like a goat and a deer that live there and eat off the tree, but also provide it with water. And there's a squirrel apparently that's running around in infinitely. <laughs> and, I, saw, I saw that, but I didn't yeah. understand it. I was like, um, okay, I'm not even going <laughs> to. Right. I know. And there's a dragon that's sucking out blood from people. And there's yeah, a lot. That's- the knee talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it wrong earlier. No, it's okay. It's, but yeah, it's he like got a ton of pronunciations or whatever. Right, right, yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Yggdrasil is a very complicated place, but it's got some really cool things going on, and and just we're sort of we're we're limited by the source material that we have, but there is a lot there that we can add to the tree. But certainly, as well, there's a lot of different world tree and and religious mythological tree myths that we can sort of explore as well but this is hopefully a little primer for all things wood and mythology yeah this myth was more prevalent than the world turtle which was the yeah. other one that we saw and it wasn't there like a tree on the back of a turtle in some of the imagery yes I yeah i feel like yeah. i saw that okay mm-hmm. for sure for sure i've seen that for sure for sure so yeah, this is it's it's really cool, and I think I I really like with Norse especially too when you kind of get into the specifics of Yggdrasil, it it puts in the 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 man and woman that were born from it to give life to the human race essentially, and kind of like I said, I think we can easily our next we we did a Yule episode, our next episode that's Christmas themed could easily be the Christmas tree, and we can kind of revisit some of this stuff so. Well, Cami, thank you so much for kind of introing us to Yggdrasil and especially Slavic culture. There's a lot to unpack there, and hopefully we'll be able to in the next few months. But uh, I really appreciate your your jab at it all. Yeah, thank you for knowing how to pronounce everything. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> Who knows if I really am? But um, it's funny. I'll I'll before we end, I have to. I'll make a video game reference. Um, the mobile game Fire Emblem Heroes, based off of the strategy RPGs. It's actually it's all based off of Norse mythology. They are the names. So like the main heroes come from the kingdom of Asker and the main villains come from the kingdom of Embla. And the villains all come from different realms like Mushpelheim, the realm of like fire and um, hell, which H.E.L. So they they use all these things. And it's really cool because the whole point of the game is to summon heroes or is for you to put your credit card number in so that way you can summon <laughs> lots of heroes that from all of the games but all of the games span you know like 20 years and they're not all connected so they had to kind of like bring the story to make sense of why are these heroes coming you know traveling interdimensionally well it's because Yggdrasil is connecting all these realms and it's summoning them that sort of thing so it's a cool video game interpretation um, of using Yggdrasil connecting these realms together in order to uh, get your mom's credit card number. So, (laughs) 
anyway, well, Cami, thanks again. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening with us. We really appreciate your feedback. Mythstery with an IE at gmail.com is a great way to get in touch with us, but we also have a Facebook group and um, we're now on YouTube as well. So feel free to jump on there. You can watch the videos. It's, it's just a still video right now, but uh, feel free to watch and like whatever way you like to listen to the podcast. Just let us know what you think and we'll be happy to take in your um, constructive criticism. So thanks again, guys. Take care.